everybody. Welcome to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today I have on a super talented designer that's actually been a pretty big inspiration of mine in terms of just design and typography. It's uh, Roy Cranston. So how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm a little bit tired. I, I went out yesterday, but I tried to... That's why I try not to book this super, super early. So I'm not completely dead. Uh, same boat. Yeah, I was out and about... Uh, kind of humming around yesterday so yeah all sunburn stuff i'm all like nasty but yeah, yeah. No, it's good to be here you're on the east coast right i'm uh central midwest right now oh, um, okay. i'm in wisconsin at the moment yeah yeah where you have you always been from there i'm born and raised in wisconsin yes um and then i work for a studio in new york but yeah. pandemic everyone everyone's like dispersed um we don't really see the need right now to like be in studio so we all work from home and i have family back here in Wisconsin, obviously, and friends. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, it kind of seemed like the play. So I'll be here for a little while and ultimately head back to New York. Yeah, it's nice too. Like you're working at a New York job, but you're only having to pay like for Wisconsin like things, you know? Dude, yeah, everything's dirt cheap here. It's so great. Yeah. We're saving a lot of money. Yeah, because I think that's why I thought you were in the New York because the studio, I was kind of checking it out a little bit more. Have you ever worked there or have you always worked there in the pandemic? Um, no, I don't have worked there. Um, so I started with them, um, summer of 2019, <laughs> right after I graduated from college. Okay. Um, and I was, I was kind of there like short, I wasn't really sure it was initially a short term thing. Um, mm. but then it materialized and I was in New York with them for, uh, a few months and then yeah. 2020 hit obviously. And then we, we just shifted to work from home, like start of March end of February. And it, that's been the story ever since. Hmm. Do you like that though? I, I, when I, I'm working freelance now for, for now, but when I was working in like the office, I really preferred being at home compared to the office. Oh, okay. I I'm, I'm used to it now. So that's, that's usually my answer. I don't know if yeah. I like it or dislike it because I think there's great things on both sides. Like, mm. um, there are many projects where I'm like, dang, like I wish I was sitting down with a team. We were like riffing back and forth yeah. and it, like we hop in videos all the time and stuff, but I do miss that. Um, and like being able to put shit up on the walls and like, you know, just like this, like the just uninhibited stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously the freedom is like sick. Like I, I that's great too. So it is good and bad. I don't know if I would, if I would yeah. change anything necessarily, but I am looking forward to like, um, going back also. I think you make a good point about the like riffing and stuff and like being in that cool environment. I think a place like where you work. I would prefer being there more rather than like my last position. I was kind of like the designer, you know, so it was like in-house. So it wasn't like we were doing those cool like breakouts or anything. It's just me doing stuff anyway, you know, so might as well be at home. That's understandable. Yeah. If you're like a workhorse and you like, if you really just want to like zone out or zone in, zone out, hone in, I don't know what the threat is, but yeah, (laughs) I I totally get that. Um, Yeah. hundred percent understand. So is that pretty much, you know, what you've been up to like this past year, just doing mostly all, a lot of the work at the studio? Yeah, like that's really it. Um, I haven't, I mean, I don't know how much people keep up with me, but I haven't been doing a lot of personal work. Um, yeah. It's like most of my energy has been going either to the studio or a couple like odd things here and there. Um, but yeah, that, that's really been it. Um, and there might be more stuff in the future. I like the gears are always turning. I'm always yeah. trying to come up with like personal projects, but yeah, it's been like 
fully on the studio side for me. So since you work there and it's like a, you know, creative studio where you're getting in projects that are probably like pretty fulfilling, does that mean you probably don't do like a lot of like side work, right? Like freelance or anything like that? I do. I don't do any freelance really. Um, I might pick up like an odd job for like a buddy or something, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm very much like at the studio. So if someone hits me up, I'm like, cool, you like my stuff. I work with a small team. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it with the team. Um, And that's kind of been the story. It's happening more and more lately. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how like some, some projects are coming up. If I was more freelance, maybe they would all be like myself, but I totally prefer it this way. Like I have, I have the freedom of like being myself and like being my creative self, but with the resources and ammunition of like a really capable team. So it's like the the perfect balance. And like actual, like a bigger budget and like facilities and stuff like a little bit more. Yeah. And yeah. And like, we probably end up getting like to charge more, I guess. Cause like we're a studio, you know, like right. instead of just me, I'm so bad with money. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for 200 bucks. Like I'm so bad yeah. with that, but like you can't, you can't get anything from a studio for 200 bucks. You can't, sometimes no. you can't get an email back if your budget's 200 bucks. So yeah. 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 Straight into the, they'll send it right into the uh, like spam or the, the trash can. Yeah. I wish you could have like a filter. Like if there's. Yeah. That AI. just looks for a dollar amount. And if it's under a certain amount, yeah, because I know yeah. some people, um, I don't know if it's like this with um, works, it's kind of like if you work there, you're almost like not allowed to do, like you're expected to bring stuff to the studio rather than like steal, I guess, the work from the studio or whatever. Yeah, um, and it's not even like, a, it doesn't really feel like you're not allowed. It's like, why wouldn't you bring it in the studio? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we're all doing. That's what everyone else does. That's how all the work comes about. Yeah. Um, like people got to come to the studio or if they come to an individual, like it's going through the team regardless. Yeah. Um, which prior to this, I didn't even really realize that was a thing unless you're like, uh, it's just, it's, it's different because most, um, artists and designers, it, it's like very apparent if they're freelance or if they're at a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm like in a gray area where people can't tell, even though it's like in my bio work and work and all that stuff. But, um, usually I just didn't really realize this was a thing. Um, and I think it's like a really, really great way of working, especially if you have maybe like, God, I, I don't want to call myself high profile, but someone with like a lot of followers that like might bring in work that mm-hmm. could in theory be getting a lot of freelance on the side. It's like, that's a great add to your team to have them also like bringing in work and stuff. Yeah. I also feel like it, uh, validates or maybe gives you like a higher tier in terms of like negotiating like salary and things like that like oh well look on the side like i i could be what at x amount of projects so like i need this amount of money to make it kind of worth i don't know worthwhile to work at the studio or whatever yeah i could see that being the case if i was like honestly i'm so happy where like the the shit that i would have to do if i was freelance i almost don't even consider that because like be, consider that alternative option because man, I work, the people I work with are so good. Like mm-hmm. if someone hits me up, I can just like be like, Hey, I work with a team. I'm going to connect you with my partner and that's it. And then I don't have to do like any of the, like the freelance bullshit, you know, that yeah. no one wants to do. Um, it's man, it's just like, it's just a golden scenario. I guess I'm really fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the studio and then like a cool studio like that, that you work at that. And then like, just being like a really successful like freelance and like 
for the most part, things are smooth. Those are kind of like, from what I've seen, like ideal kind of situations for designers. Like I think the positions people get burnt out in are like some that I've had in the past and others where it's like not as fulfilling creatively. However, you're using a lot of your like creative power or whatever. So it's hard for you to do like stuff on the side. Yeah, that that's totally it. Um, people ask me for advice a lot. Like people are like, Oh, I'm just graduating. I kind of want to do maybe what you did. Like what, where should I go? Like, should I freelance? Should I find a studio? And I never really know what to say. Cause I don't really feel like super well equipped to give advice. Yeah. Um, so I usually like, I put an asterisk on it and say, you know, I'm not an expert, but small studio is awesome. Um, like I just say like, try to, I try to tell them I like, do what I did because man, I'm just so incredibly fortunate. Um, I can't count my blessings enough because mm-hmm. yeah, for all the reasons you just said and that I said, like, especially right out of school, man, like I, I'm so glad I'm not like in the machine at like some huge agency or something that's just pumping out stuff. Like you said, and then you got no juice left at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm also, I was not well equipped to just dive into the freelance world. I know I could maybe like make a pretty picture, but that's like one tenth of the battle as a freelancer. Like there's so yeah. much more uphill stuff you got to do. So man, it's just, yeah. Like you said, the ideal. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's interesting what you're saying about like, you know, to the outside perspective, like you are well equipped in terms of like your creative skills. And I, I talked about this with um, Harry Vincent. We were saying, when you do freelance, it's like you almost have to put as much time into knowing about like business and marketing and like other things just and have the creative skills to back it up because you need one to get the other, you know? And if you put too much time into either one, you know, if you're all about business, your design skills may start lacking or vice versa. It's like a word balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dance that I am just not interested in doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Do you have any plans then, I guess, with like, I know you said you're always keeping the the gears moving, but do you have any plans in the future that you've seen for your social media or anything like that? Because I know you've been pretty inactive and a lot of people are wondering where you went. (laughs) That's funny. Um, (laughs) People are are keeping tabs. Um, I, you know, I finished, there's this project I have under my belt that people like to put a label on me for was like the year of posters and that's mm-hmm. cool. And I think there, I think it's a great project and it did a lot for me. Um, but since then I've really tried not to put too much expectation on myself or anything because, um, that, that project did not come out of like, it's not like brute force. Like that came out of a moment that it felt right. And I w- went yeah. for it and I, I love the results of that. And I like that approach to things. Um, and I'm fortunate to be in a situation where I don't have to be scrambling for like the next project that I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm always like playing a little bit of chess, like trying to put pieces in place to give, put myself in a position where like inspiration may strike or Mm -hmm. I might get excited by something. Um, but no, there's nothing at the moment. Um, I am what's today Sunday. So in a week I'm flying to, uh, Colorado and I'm doing a one week solo retreat with Mm -hmm. like, it, it's technically like a meditation retreat, but I'm not, I'll try to meditate. I'm not like good at it or anything, but it's like no internet. There's a little bit of electricity, some running water. I'm in a cabin by myself in the mountains, no phone, nothing. I'm going to have a journal. I'm going to see what comes That's of that. Cool. But the whole point is no expectations. So yeah. maybe seven days go by and I come out and I'm like, I'm just ready to get out of here. That's fine. 
But if I come out with a bunch of ideas and like things that excite me, that's great too. I'm not going to be more happy or upset either way it goes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's part of like the chess that I try to, I'm trying to put myself in a situation, but I, I don't have like, I'm not expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy because something like that almost seems counterintuitive do, do you know, like advancing your career or whatever, but that like recharge or like unplugging from everything and maybe coming up with like ideas or maybe not, even if it just makes you feel better. I think that people underestimate that, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. like, you might come back and feel like you took a year long vacation just cause that you weren't on your phone and things like that. Mm-hmm. Cause you yeah, can get, that I, stuff can get messy. You know, you can get stressed with all the notifications and whatnot. Seriously. Like I, I think there's so much value in just like pausing mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I, I've talked about this before, but like just being bored, I, it's going to be, I'm going there for a week and it's basically seven days of boredom. Yeah. Um, cause I, like I'm not bringing a guitar, I'm not bringing anything to entertain myself other than like what's upstairs here. Mm-hmm. So, and I, that's what I have to deal with for seven days, like whatever's in my head and I'm, it's going to be a lot of work, but the, the only thing, the only thing I know is that I'm going to learn a lot, whether it's about myself, well, it'd be about myself. Yeah. I'll learn a lot about myself. Um, but yeah, no expectation. Um, it's going to be wild. I might come out like a hermit and reject society or I might be the exact same. I have no idea. It's a week. Like it's not, I'm not going away for five years. You know, it's a week. I don't expect anything. So it'll just be kind of, it'll be a good exercise. Um, cause uh, I think about like, if, if I was in this room right now and everything was taken away from me and all I had to do was just like sit here, like with my head, like I'm, I can make it like a couple hours before I started like, like scraping the walls or like trying yeah. to occupy my mind in some way. So I have no clue what's beyond that barrier on like day one, day two, day three, all the way to day seven. I don't know if it's going to get harder, easier, but I mean, to, to circle back here, I'm hoping it's a tool for some creative, um, thing. I don't know what it'll be, but yeah, that's anyway, I feel like I'm rambling now, but yeah, no, you're good. That's interesting. I, I mean, I always wonder, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't allow yourself to get past that, like super, super like boredom, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you almost have to force yourself by going to a place that's gonna, is it like a um, thing that you're, is it like some kind of company that does this or are you just renting like a, like Airbnb or something like that? It's technically like a Buddhist temple place oh, okay not even technically that's just what it is i'm not like a buddhist or i'm not studying buddhism or anything mm-hmm. but that's just what it happened to be um are you familiar with the the musician and songwriter mike posner yeah yeah he um, he was like was, on the radio like a lot right like five years ago or whatever yeah yeah and yeah. he, he kind of like cycles in and out of like like the the spotlight i guess i don't know but yeah. I, I like him a lot i like i like him i also like his music but i really like him and uh he went to he went and did this thing um mm-hmm. and I, I he was on a podcast and I, he talked about it i was like that's really cool i need to do that just because i think i'm a little scared to do it and that's probably like a reason to do it yeah um and i was i've always said i wanted to do something like this and i was on a call with a buddy and he's like well why don't you just do it dude? Like, just go to the website and sign up and it's like yeah. oh yeah I forget like I, we can do whatever we want so yeah I just signed up and did it 
Didn't he do that thing where he like walked across the United States or something like that? Yeah, he walked across America. Um, That's wild. With, yeah, just to like see it, just to do it. I think it was the same idea. It was like, I can, I should. Like, there's no real reason. There's no real expectation other than I just want to do it. Um, yeah. And I think it's one of those things where on the surface, it sounds like a lot of monotony and it probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really sound too eventful, but you're going to find like all these little moments and meaning and learning in something like that. And I, I would say there's a lot of parallels between that and like locking yourself in a cabin for a week. Not that what I'm doing is like yeah, locking myself in a cabin. Like I can go outside. It'll be fun. But yeah, I think, I think there's some parallels there. The difference is the, you know, it's almost like the cabin thing is probably harder um, in your mind. And then the, the other one's obviously a lot harder on your body and stuff because you're actually you know, putting in mm-hmm. all those miles. I, I, I almost think that to an extent you could argue that the, um, the walking one's easier, even though it like hurts your feet and it's like probably painful. Like some people I don't think could handle the seven days of like just nothing. Cause they would, they, they've never let themselves get there and maybe they're scared of yeah. who, they, who they become or whatever it may be. I could see if you offered someone the choice of like walk across America or lock yourself with nothing for a week. I mean, I'll have food and water, but like lock yourself yeah. in there for a week. I'm sure there are people that are like, yeah, I'd rather walk across America, which to me is crazy. Like, yeah. I don't think walking across America would be harder. I think that'd be a tougher mental journey also. Um, but yeah, that is that is kind of a wild thing to think about. As you said, most people don't let themselves get there. Yeah, yeah I could. That's cool though. I'm 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 curious to maybe I'll chat about it. I want to hear hear how that went after you, after you come back. Um, yeah, we'll circle back and yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted to kind of bring it back a little bit to. I'm sure I know you've talked about this stuff. Uh, I watched uh, your Chris Doe interview and a couple of, like just seeing stuff that you've done on Instagram and things. And I just wondered because I've talked to multiple people that have done the kind of 365 project thing, and I was wondering you said that it was like the right vibe and it wasn't forced. What made you feel like you wanted to do that in the first place? Like, did anything inspire you to do that? Um, Yeah, I think I was inspired in like the general sense of like wanting to make cool stuff. I wasn't necessarily inspired to like work really hard or Mm -hmm. like, you know, some people get like that flash and like, wow, I got to do like, I got to make all this stuff. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more like, like it's the chess thing a little bit. Chess, man. I sound really like, I told myself, but like maybe checkers is more like it, but, um, yeah. So at the end, it was 2019 that I did it. So at the end of 2018, I was like, uh, think, you know, it's like new year's or new year's Eve. And you're kind of like, you're always, you're thinking about like the last year and the the new year to come. Um, and I realized in a year I was going to be done with school. Um, I was most likely, I mean, hopefully going to be like a working man at a studio or freelance or something. Um, And I was like, that was like really freaky. I was like, all I've ever known my entire life is school. All I've ever known is like the bumpers in the runway and you're on the path and everyone just tells you what to do. And I was like, man, how how can I, what's the best way to equip myself for like this, the unknown, like the black hole, the void after I'm done with school. Um, and the only way I could think like in my head that made sense was to be as good at what I do as possible. Um, that felt like the best recipe for success. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I realized I was like, I don't know anything about design. I don't even know what graphic design really is. And this was halfway through my senior year, basically. I had no clue what was going on. And um, so I was like a, a backwards process of like, okay, where am I going to be? I'm going to be at a studio. How do I get to be at a studio? Okay, I need to be really good. How do I get really good? The best way I could think about, the best way I could think of to do that was just not take a break, basically, like do something right. every day. And I, by no means am I the first person to do this. Like I was on the la- the later wave of when it was like kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, sorry for people doing every days now, but <laughs> everyone's doing it, but which is great. Um, but yeah, so um, that that's what I did. I was like, without much thought, more thought than that. Um, that's when I just committed to it. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. And that was it. I didn't really think about how much work it was going to be or anything. I was like, I'll just take it one day at a time. So right. January 1st, I'll just start then. It's kind of like uh, you were thinking of it from like the use it or lose it like kind of mindset. Like if I don't have this structure to make myself practice every day, I may not, you know, like become the good designer I want to be kind of. Exactly. Like what a tragedy to go through four years of school, tens of thousands of dollars, all this time your youth, yeah. your, your best years as far as like malleability in your brain, like what a tragedy to like not um, like capitalize on that. Right. And I kind of felt like I hadn't for four years in school. So I was like, okay, it's go time. It's it's a hundred miles an hour until, until I, until next year basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you were, I think, you know, a big inspiration for a lot of people, not only design wise, like in the way that you were doing things, your typography, your composition, but to do that, um, to do that challenge. I know you said you weren't the first ones, but I definitely think you were one of the like case studies for why you should do that thing or why it may be a good idea because you didn't go into it like with a malicious approach. Like I want to get like famous on social media or whatever. It just happened to be like a byproduct of like hard work and getting better. That's a great point. I mean, I guess you could maybe put that under the umbrella of like authenticity or something like mm-hmm. we people can smell bullshit from a mile away through their right. screens, everything. So I, I guess as like a piece of advice, if anyone's listening, that's like in the position that I was like, don't, don't try, don't do it to get more followers, mm-hmm. like do it to get good. Um, and then yeah. the followers become, but even if you're worried about followers, like you're already off on the wrong foot. Um, like don't and don't worry about how many people see your work. Just worry about who sees it. Like if, if you want to get it in mm-hmm. front of the right people or something. But yeah, hundred percent. Like most people do it because they're like they want some stupid number on their Instagram. It's so dumb. That's why I think Instagram is is one of the downsides. Obviously, it's like so polarizing yeah. um, and good and bad. But yeah, um, man. The I almost deleted my Instagram when I was done with the year project. Really? I was like, I don't want this number hanging over my head and dictating how I think about myself or the work or yeah. having any influence in what I do from this point on. And some parts of me still wish I had. Some parts of me, I'm glad I kept it. Like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't, you know, if I had the ideal, it would be followers weren't a thing and Instagram was a different kind of platform and I could have mm-hmm. still got just as good as I did um, or still had the same experience I had without the social side of it. Yeah. But most people won't do it for those reasons, even if mm-hmm. it means 
doing everything. It's like most people are like, if I want to do something every day, I'm going to share it because it, why not? It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, but it ends up, it ends up kind of being like a, a double-edged sword, I guess. Mm. It's good because you can get constructive feedback and maybe it can give you the confidence to keep going when people are, you know, being nice. Mm -hmm. And if you're not like doing it for pure like vanity, but like you're saying with the double-edged sword, it can also make you feel like, because we've all been there where you post something and, and it's like does bad and there's no way to prove that it does bad in terms of analytics because it's a worse design. It's just, it could be the time of day, the amount of people, yeah. you know, like how much engagement it got. So it's kind of like if you start putting value on like yourself as a creative or as a designer through like peer numbers, that's, I think when you start to get kind of um, maybe insecure and just like even like dep depressed if it gets like too far, you know? Yeah. It's so weird because the right way to feel insecure, if there is one, is it, it's because someone criticizes you, but that's never the case on Instagram. There's never criticism on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's all just like, Ooh, great job. Like you made a pretty poster. Like that's what it is. It's just an echo chamber of that. And no one ever tells you like, if you're not doing great, even if you're not doing great, everyone like applauds you. Um, so the insecurities come from all the wrong places. They come from an algorithm. And as you said, all these variables that either you can't control or don't have the energy to control or are yeah. constantly changing under your feet and moving targets that we can't always be optimizing for. Um, so I think that's a bit of the sketchy part for like new designers or people coming out of school is the validation um, kind of comes from the wrong places and then the invalidation and the insecurities yep. come from the wrong places too. Like it's, it's kind of a weird flip thing. Mm -hmm. I watched this uh, YouTuber. He's not a designer, but something he said really stuck with me because he said when you're setting goals, they should be like input based, not output based. So your goal should be, you know, like for me, make a podcast every week should be the goal. The goal shouldn't be the podcast gets a thousand views every week, right? Because I can't control that part, but I can control the the work part of it. That is a perfect way of saying it. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect summary because you can apply it to so many things mm -hmm. rather than having to specifically talk about YouTube or Instagram or yeah. I mean, even like even like in athletics, it's like don't worry about the your time. Worry about like how how good you did or something. Yeah, you know, I, I think that applies to everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a good way to live. And even though it's hard, sometimes it overall, it's going to benefit you a lot more to just, it's like obtainable, you know, this other stuff is completely yeah, out of your control. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about the, the project is when you would, cause I know it, it, there was probably some days that were a little harder than, than others to like get the inspiration when you would sit mm -hmm. down each day when you're working on that three, six, five project, did you usually have an idea before you like got into the um, actual like work of it or was it kind of just free form? Almost never. I almost never okay. had knew what it was going to be before I sat down. Um, and that's because um, I didn't have the bandwidth to constantly be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, what I would tip, what I would, what I do have though, it was like a huge backlog of ideas that I yeah. can maybe pull from. Um, but it was rarely premeditated unless something super cool happened that day. And it's like, that's going to be my poster or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I guess that kind of counts like having a bunch, I had tons of notes and like, I would save everything. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, 
you never know when you're going to like hit the drought mentally, creatively. So right. I always, that's the, the checkers, I guess, is like always preparing for that moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really good question. Not, yeah, it sounds heady to say I never, I never like had an idea and I just came up with it all in the moment. But like that was often it was like, it was like sink or swim, I guess. Like yeah. I, had, I had to just, just sit down and do it. And whatever came to my head is what made it in the poster. Yeah. And once you're doing something so often, even if you don't realize it, you probably had a lot of really good, like subconscious ideas, you know, like you may not have thought like today's going to be the poster with the car in it, but in your head, the first thing you thought of was the car because two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. You definitely develop a lot of like mechanisms for coming up with ideas just mm -hmm. because out of pure like survival, you need yeah. to. Um, yeah. So you definitely, you, you develop like a toolbox of, of ways to come up with things because it was way harder on the first 30 days to come up with ideas, even though in theory there were more because I hadn't done them right. all rather yeah. than the last month. I felt like I had so many ideas and like I could have done another a year's worth of ideas. I had so much shit that I could have yeah. done. Um, but the, the other side of that is it's really easy to fall into habits and I had to constantly check myself that I wasn't relying mm. on the same crutches, whether that was compositional, um, as you said, like there's all these algorithms that tell you like what worked and what didn't. And it'd be so oh, easy yeah. to see like what my most liked post was. And it can be really formulaic and really cookie cutter and it can get that way really quick. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do that and aren't honest enough with themselves to realize it. Um, so that's one thing I'm proud of is like all the crazy shit I tried. I think there's like a couple, maybe like I hate the word style, but like there's a couple styles that are maybe attributed to like shit that I did in that year that people have basically ripped off and made their entire their entire life yeah. out of that one exploration I did. But um, yeah, I'm that's the thing I'm most proud of is mm -hmm. uh, all the different things I tried and because I just didn't want to like get caught being the cookie cutter guy, the formula guy that could just pump out posters for the rest of the time. Yeah, I think what it's, I like that you kind of brought that up, uh, the idea of some of the styles that you were exploring, getting, uh, you know, passed off out into the community and it being I, the one, the style, I don't know if this is what you had in mind that I saw a lot was kind of like the big type and image like style stuff out of like the explorations you were doing. I saw that mm -hmm. get um, ripped off or just like inspiration whatever you want to call it so much more compared to a lot more of the like analog looking like scan and like weird type stuff that you were doing because i feel like that stuff to like a common eye was a lot harder to recreate yeah um to that point like if they're a little harder to recreate when people do end up recreating them they end up looking just like my shit because that's they maybe aren't um, like I had to wade and drudge through so through so much shit to get to like the ideas that manifested yeah. into like those posters and stuff. And then other people, and it's fine. I try not to get mad about it, but other people see that and they're like, cool, I'm just going to like recreate that. But if they didn't drudge through all the same shit, they don't understand or see how to like make it their own. And they just take, they scrape the frosting off the surface. And then now that's their poster. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because I've done it. We all do it. I like it's it's just that ego thing that I just have to like let go and just be like that. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it sucks because um, like yeah, I moved to New York and I was exposed to this entire visual world and met all these people and it informed so much of the different ideas I tried. Um, and then 
again, not trying to get mad about it, but like then just some, some kid can just like go see it and be like, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to copy that style. And then they make 365 posters that look just like a nightmare version of one idea I tried. Um, and it's even like, uh, one thing I do with my friends is we would do like speed runs where it's like, who could go on Instagram and find the cop, the, the, a copycat the fastest because you could there was a period where man you could just hit the explore feed and it was like that like you you said it's just stuff Mm -hmm. that just look alike um but uh or there are times when i look at like the explore page and i'm like is that mine did i make that yeah is that someone like resharing my work and then i open it's like no that's just it looks just like something that i made like they had all same decisions but it's just yeah. different color or like not, not even different colors just like different words it's like wow okay yeah there but that is how people learn the the ego part of me just wants credit which is terrible but yeah i'll admit it the ego part of me wants credit yeah and i mean i don't think you're like you know a bad person inherently for not wanting someone to copy your work it's just it, i think that that comes yeah. with the territory it's like inevitable at a certain point and i think you know mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they know what's going on. You know, like everyone knows what's going on. If you, you in my head, Maybe. I, I wouldn't be able to feel fulfilled if I built my whole thing off of something that in my head I knew wasn't exactly mine, you know, cause we all get inspiration, but you can cross the line at a certain point, I think. I think there are a lot of people that don't know where the line is. So like you're, you're maybe a little bit more like self-aware and conscious of that. And I think that's just like a different like camp that some people fall into. And maybe you could, you can like get into that camp. Like you can grow and get better. There's a lot of my work that's really derivative. And at the time, maybe I didn't realize it was, or I knew it was, but I didn't really have that extra layer of consciousness that like made me like self-aware about it or Mm -hmm. whatever. So um that's why i try not to get too hung up on it because uh it's someone maybe that's learning or taking baby steps and they just don't understand where the line is or that there is a line um it's just with instagram it's social media you know um that stuff probably would have been happening let's say social media was structured differently and you had to have like an x amount of following or like let's say you were one of the designers out of like uh, 500 right that can share their work on this platform people would probably be um, taking influence from it or copying it on their own and just having it as like a practice. But now that it can be shared, that's where it runs into like, I don't know, since it's shared, it seems like official, right? Like they copied it for like an official project, even though most people on Instagram at the end of the day, it's almost like they're, you know, uh, high fidelity sketchbook in a sense of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, we are just in like uncharted territory as far yeah. as like, as I see it, like, as far as what, what inspiration is, what, what, what sketching means, what design means, like, man, we are, we're in uncharted territory with a generation that is like untested and doesn't really, it does not have to navigate things the same way that past generations have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think about this stuff all the time because I'm like mm-hmm. right in the, or I was right in the thick of it. Um, yeah, it's all really wild. I feel like you could have a whole, you could write like a book on this stuff and there's, there's going to be like the the Instagram era. There'll be a book about that and shit. Like there was like the Tumblr era. Now there's the Instagram era and who knows, like we are the next generation. We, we, we like, 
all these people that are like blowing up on Instagram, like that's who's going to be in the conversation in like 20 years or 15 years mm -hmm. about like what that what that era of design signifies and like who influenced it. Um, it's really wild to think about, but like, yeah, kind of right in the thick of it. I'm curious and excited to like see how every all this shit plays out. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm excited too. And that's kind of like why I feel like um, what this, what I'm doing with this, it's almost like anthropology to a certain extent, you know, like no one's ever covered yeah. these types of people. So like there'll be some kind, even if it never becomes like, you know, this big thing, it'll be there for the people that like care about it, you know, and that's enough. Totally. Yeah. Like the, j I just think I'm like, we have all these design heroes. I'm like, man, what I wouldn't give to hear them on a bunch of podcasts. Like, mm -hmm. this is just like, not that I'm someone's design hero, but like what you're saying is like, yeah, finally we have this generation that's actually going to be like documented. Like everyone else is a mystery. Like past generations is a mystery. You see the UPS yeah. logo and you don't know, you don't know shit about Paul Rand or whatever. And it, it's just like you got to read a bunch of books and and not even you get like three books and that that's all there is yeah um, it's just wild so yeah i'm i'm here for it i'm excited for it i try to just keep my antennas tuned to what all the shit that's going on mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah and i'm always trying to you know you're someone that i've wanted to talk to for pro like you're one of an idea i had as like probably one of the first 10 to 15 people where i was like this is someone i'd want to talk to you about this in terms of like the age and like the generation and like what we kind of, mm -hmm. uh, what you and myself saw, like kind of manifest with this whole social media era. But I'm also not trying to keep it like too, like, like the goal of this isn't to be strictly like graphic designers. That's it. Like I've had some photographers and I want it to be a little bit more broad in terms of like creative individuals, but it's just, mm -hmm. I realized like, I'm almost doing it to myself because these are the people I just know. It's it. It's easier for me to become a mutual with a graphic designer like yourself than a, um, you know, videographer with the same amount of like clout or whatever in that world because I don't know that world. So it's it's a more of a barrier to. Uh, there's a little bit more of a barrier in terms of like maybe the industry or the jargon, but I think as it grows, it'll be able to broaden easier because it may have more of a. It may be more of a symbiotic relationship. Like they want to come on here and promote something or whatever it may be, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I'd like a, a, a weird question. Maybe not weird, but like semi-related. Because um, you're starting to get like a good amount of guests on and stuff like that. Um, do you ever get nervous or have you had anyone on that you were like really nervous for? Like, shit, I got to like, get like stretch before this and like drink yeah. my water and make sure I, mean, I definitely like Aaron Draplin, you know, that was like sure but that was like he has like a energy that makes me nervous i think even if he wasn't like one of my design heroes like he just he's like he's intense you know so like i just kind of yeah yeah i just let him go you know like that was kind of the interview but a lot of people gave me good feedback on that one they actually said that compared to some of the other ones he's done with like adobe and like the future and things that they felt it was different. They don't know if it was because of like the energy that I brought, but they said that he was saying different things. Like he always says the same stuff they felt on other ones. Yeah. So that made me feel good because that means that that had value and it wasn't just another, you know, him talking about thick lines or whatever. <laughs> like it was a little different. Thick lines. Yeah. There's probably, there's an advantage to not making people feel like they need to 
do do their spiel you know the, mm-hmm. the speech that they give everyone like it's maybe um they have the freedom to like unhinge a little bit um and i don't know if that i, I don't know where that comes from if i mean obviously like you're doing shit for adobe like you're gonna yeah. stick color within the lines right yeah um so yeah that's really cool um i have not yet watched the droplet one or i think i watched like I watched like a, a segment of it, but yeah, I've been like going through all your videos trying to like catch up and yeah. take it away. Cool, man. I, I appreciate that. And it's always good to hear when someone comes on, they're like, yeah, I caught up on these ones rather than they're like, what's it, what is this? You know, what am I getting into? That, that, that's like the point I'm trying to make about like this generation. Um, I feel like there was a period where I was maybe distancing myself from like, uh, maybe the people our age and the people that were like on Instagram and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I maybe it was snobbery or I thought I was like, dude, like I, I, I need to focus on like the greats or whatever, you know, yeah. I need to focus on like the tried and true. But I, as of late, I'm way more interested in like what this is, you know, like our, our mm-hmm. generation, like why not be like that? That's more exciting to me. So I'm just trying to kind yeah. of like bring it back a little bit. I find it funny. Cause you know, you asked me um, what made me nervous or like in my head, Draplin, leaps in and beyond like the biggest guest I've talked to or the biggest in terms of what they are but people that like this community like people knew like Kel Lauren and like Harry Vincent like more than like someone was like didn't even know who he was and to me that's like whoa because college and stuff right but if you're in this self-taught world and like you your heroes are through Instagram like that totally makes sense why you'd know these people more than these other people absolutely yeah so like you you for example like you may be an example of someone that someone would be more familiar with your work than let's say like you know if they never did any design history like they may not know you know like Saul Bass or someone like that they may just know you from your posters even though that guy was making posters like in the 50s or 60s or whatever it was so it's like yeah it's weird like that's who influenced me yeah 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 uh, I wanted to, one thing I wanted to ask you, cause yeah, speaking of that, you're an inspiration of mine, like with the stuff you were doing, I really liked a lot of the different explorations you were doing during your three, six, five. And I was wondering like, who are some of your biggest inspirations as a designer? Um, I could probably list off a ton, but I, I remember like the big ones were, obviously like on a visual level, like David Carson, Chris Ashworth, mm, yeah. um, Wolfgang Weingart. Um, those are like my big three, mm-hmm. um, Weingart, like specifically, because I think just, that's like visually, but also the, the meat and potatoes of it, like the underlying thinking, um, yeah. to like treat type as geometry, um, maybe provoke a little bit, all that, like, that irreverence and I mean Vinegard came from an era where type was like you don't mess with it man like I think yeah. I don't know if he's he, well, he's not Swiss he must be German Vinegard um but I should know but I I don't um but th- those are the things where I was like I I just felt like on Instagram we have this pixel perfect space and mm-hmm. world and we're all digital designers I'm 21 22 years old but I'm, I was really turned off by, um, like the clarity of everything. I don't know. I was just, I'm talking about myself now, but yeah, the, those are, those were like the big three. Yeah. Um, and then 
when I moved to New York and started working um, with the people at the studio, it's a small team. Mm-hmm. Um, so right away, I was just picking up on all these people that I didn't know about. They're throwing references around. And I'm like, Jesus, like, I know who Aaron Draplin is, but I don't know who the 15 other people you just listed are. Yeah. Um, so that was like, um, when I look back at like the timeline of the the work from that project, it's like really kind of mono focused to me, to my eyes. It doesn't feel like I really explored too much until I got to New York and I was like, wow, the lid is blown off of this thing. I didn't realize the breadth of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could just rattle off names like crazy, but, um, it's all good. Those are good. I would say those are the big three. Vine guard is like so good. That probably my favorite. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first discovered David Carson in school, cause, uh, you know, I was heavily exposed early on in school to like the kind of what David Carson was combating. Like I was looking into like Vignelli and all that kind of, you know, only use Helvetica, like Swiss design stuff. And then how -hmm. David Carson was making like those fonts with like Futura and Bodoni combined and like printing those Mm -hmm. articles and like wingdings or whatever, like all this crazy shit. And I was like, wow. I never thought that like, it's crazy how I could be equally so inspired and interested in the things that like combat each other. Cause I like them both just as much. Like I never want to be like that whole like gatekeeping, like never manipulate type. But I also like, like that, like at the same time. So it's weird. Like, I feel like that's how a lot of designers are nowadays. We have such a big history to pull from that. We can think like both, you know, you can treat type like someone like Vignelli and only use three fonts, but you can also manipulate it like how David Carson would and create crazy like compositions and stuff. Yeah. Like what a beautiful luxury we have to work in a space where there's polarizing theory and ideology and ways to do things. And neither is right, neither is wrong. And you can, you can oscillate between things, man. I just like, obviously that's like art and like, that's the arts and the creative things. Um, but man, yeah. What, 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 as you said, like you can love both and you can appreciate both and you can study both and learn both. And not even that there's two, but like, it's a spectrum and you, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so much not narrow. Yeah. I just think we're, man, I'm just so lucky that I, goddamn that I pick graphic design and not freaking accounting. Is was that on the table? No, as a, you know, I was like four, I always wanted to be an astronaut. And then once I realized like astronauts kind of scary, I was like, no, I'm not going to be an astronaut. And you have to be like really damn smart, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be an astronaut. So I always thought I was going to be an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just what I told myself because I love Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, I just loved modern architecture as a kid. Um, and I loved Ray and Charles Eames um, and all their projects. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be an architect. Um, and then when I applied to college, I only applied to one college because I liked it and they didn't have architecture, but they had graphic design. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. So I'm really lucky that I found something I like. Yeah. That's cool. So I actually had, I was going to ask you a little bit about your background design, but that, that answers it pretty well. I think it's interesting because you, what you wanted to like choose originally, it's not the same, but it's not, it's not entirely like far off. Like it makes sense that you were easily able to shift into this other one because you're still designing at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, all the things that made me want to be an architect, I can easily attribute to like th- the reasons that I wanted 
that I enjoy graphic design too. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I mean, I got two like creative parents, both artists, musicians, painters, Mm -hmm. like all that jazz. And so I was just like exposed to stuff as a kid. And I was like, yeah. I think I maybe had a, a a better understanding of the fact that like you can do that as an adult and as like a like as a profession um, that maybe most most kids like just don't get like it, it's a class that you have at school it's not a real thing yeah um, and I almost never even considered the inverse of that um, it's just always like every month there was a new museum of modern art catalog or there was there there's a, a new a new artist book on the table that my mom got from the library and i was like i was just really well aware that that's a totally feasible path to take mm-hmm. um so i mean yeah i just I, I keep saying like i'm so fortunate like man i haven't i just my i feel like i just gotta count my blessings man like all the pat the the stars have just aligned yeah I'm just lucky i guess I wonder, cause they, you know, they say like when you're like really young, you're like a sponge or whatever and everything like gets so absorbed, even if you don't know it. I wonder how much just having that stuff around, like maybe made you like just have a, an innate more like sensibility when it comes to design and things by just having like the MoMA books or like a Frank Gehry book or something to look at. Like, cause I had nothing like that. You know, I, I was probably more in the boat where you said, I just thought it was like a fun thing and I was like, I'm going to try it anyway. But you, you knew Mm -hmm. like more, um, maybe even if it was subconscious, like that it existed. I I think it's gotta be on some level, whether Mm -hmm. it's like, like some really underlying resonance of like visual composition or like size relationships, like, like, yeah, that was like, that was like my nighttime thing. Like I, I didn't really play a lot of video games. I would, I would look at the museum of modern art catalogs and circle shit and draw and stuff. And I was way into it. It was like, all I wanted was like a George Nelson clock in an Eames chair. And I just study them and I'd make them out of cardboard. And then yeah. I do the same with like Apple products. I, I, I couldn't afford like an iPod or an iPhone or anything. So I would make them out of like paper. Um, and I think there's on some level you, as a little kid, like you're understanding the relationships, like, you don't just look at an eye, like you have to understand what the sizes are of things to like mm-hmm. assemble it, put it together. And I would, I would have to like draw the screens of the iPod and like put them in. So like, I really wanted the the fourth generation iPod nano. That was when, um, they had like a slightly bigger screen. They're always colorful. Yeah. Um, but they were like these tall things and they, they were like a beautiful oval shape mm-hmm. from the top down. And, yeah, man, I would just, I would draw and I would, I would, I'd go to apple.com and I'd see every screen, like all the different pieces of the operating system and I'd draw them all and like, you, you can't help but study the spacing and the colors they use and the type. Um, yeah, and I think it's just like a snowball. Like then I discovered defont.com in middle school and like, holy shit, yeah. the cap's blown off of things. I can do multiple fonts and not stuck to all this shit in Microsoft Word. This is dope. And, uh, it's it's just been like a snowball. I remember using word yeah. art for like shit, just like elementary school um, papers and they'd get so mad because they'd say write two pages and I'd take up a third of the page with like the gradient text that said like Christopher Columbus Day or whatever the project was. Yeah. 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 Were, were you the kid that had like the really cool PowerPoints? Like you had to do it on like the, you had to do your animal report in PowerPoint and I don't know. Were you the kid that had I thought really they were cool. I was like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously they probably weren't, 
but like yeah. comparatively to everyone else's like yeah I, like i tried i guess was dude, the difference yeah because that was more fun than even like doing the report or even going to recess was like making your powerpoint look sick yeah i used to try to do stuff in like windows movie maker and you'd have the thing where it would spin or like the weird like square cross dissolve and you're like oh, yeah. oh so sick so dope yeah um i still remember all those clear as day um, mm-hmm. from movie maker and then iMovie when my mom got a macbook remember that was insane yeah my brother and i used to make so much shit on there yeah like that's what like molded that's like what molded mm-hmm. this generation that we're speaking of um are those tools and those products yeah i even used to use like weird um i can't even remember what they were called but it was almost like microsoft paint but like gamified like i used to have this app that i used on my dad's computer and it was almost like a drawing game but it was like more playful like you'd click on a color and it'd be like red and you'd like start using it and it was like spray paint like brushes and stuff and it was just like was it kid pics i think so it might have been that yeah i remember kid pics yeah Yeah. way into that shit um yeah like in elementary school you'd have like art class and you have like computer day it's like sick we're gonna do kid pics um and I'm, a, I'm left-handed, like, when I draw, so I'd always mm-hmm. have to use the mouse with my left hand, otherwise it'd look like shit. And I was like, guys, I swear I'm better than this. But, yeah, KidPix is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 funny to just talk talk about that stuff because a lot of the times you realize when you talk to people, like, we're all kind of just in, like, the same little world. Like, we all kind of did. this. You see stuff online where it's, like, we all live the same life or whatever. And it's just like pictures of things. And you're like, Oh shit. I thought I was like the only one that was into that or whatever. Cause you're little, you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't have social media. You're not posting on your story, like kid pics today, like working on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have so many shared experiences and reactions to things. Um, yeah. Like I, I always see the TikTok. Like I, I try, I don't like TikTok, but man, yeah. Some you see TikTok has made me realize that even more. Yeah. TikTok is really about like the commonality of people. Nostalgia you know? and stuff too. Right. Yeah. So I've definitely picked up on more of that lately. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of newer apps, like their their whole, you know, the whole content creation is based around like uh what's it like um familiarity or something. Yeah, or like redoing things, you know, or like like you the biggest videos on TikTok are making a video about another video, you know? It's it's like a weird idea how it works. Like the less original the the better I think on there it seems like. It's weird. Yeah, like really iterative and reappropriative and Yeah. It's kind of the style of, there's the word again, but the style of it, yeah. Um Yeah. It's kind of like Carson-esque in a way, or repurposing, re remixing yeah like people will just voice over like like i would never think to do this because i'd feel embarrassed but people will just literally lip sync like to like a stand-up comedian as if they're making this joke up and like everyone's like that's hilarious and it's so weird to me to -hmm. see that yeah i think that tiktok will be even more of a crazy like we were talking about the instagram like you know when if you want to look at it like in a history book, like people are gonna be like, "What the hell?" Like if you showed someone a video like thirty years of mm-hmm. people doing like these crazy dances and stuff on like a weird app with like just weird shitty like music, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's like a cultural phenomenon, I guess that will definitely be like punctuated in history. Because mm-hmm. I, I and I also it makes me feel uh, TikTok and and things like that like. I think we're finally, like, how old are you? 24. 
Okay. I'm 23. And I think that in like our age range, we're finally getting to the point where stuff is like becoming like younger for us or whatever. Like, uh, TikTok feels like I don't like work it as well as like other things, you know? Yeah. I'm a little too old for it. Like I really have to like Google what they're referencing. Yeah. Like, Cause I don't understand. I'm not really in it. And now I get it. Like, of course my, um, grandpa doesn't know how to work. Like, instagram you know he just will comment as if it's like like i used to have like older relatives like they'll comment as if they're messaging me like what are you doing next week and i'm like why are you just (laughs) commenting this on the picture of a design but like it makes sense like if you the older you get you realize like man like the the time span you have of like being in the like cool or whatever like the culturally like the right target age is probably like five years you know that's where everyone's marketing to like that f- maybe TikTok skews younger, but apps like that, they're trying to really zone in on like a, um, on one of the generations or whatever you want to call it. Like, uh, those are, I think it's like Gen Z or whatever. That's like, I think I'm like the first of that or like the last millennial, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Anything after that, it's really different versus like how millennials, they, everything they were targeting was like Facebook and LinkedIn and like, I don't know, like business and personal growth and stuff. And now it's like, do whatever you want. Like have fun. Like fucking dad said, like even Pepsi is going to make a TikTok about like off a trend, like big fortune 500 companies. It's wild. Yeah, it seriously is. Um, One thing I've never understood, uh, like why adults can't operate technology when adults are the one that make it. Maybe it's (laughs) not that's the case, but like my parents can't like, figure out how to like create a new email or I mean they could, but it's like, it would take them an hour. Yeah. But it's like that shit was made by people their age. I don't know. I, I, I just think it's an excuse by old people to like not handle technology. I just think they don't want to try Yeah. But that. Maybe that, maybe that's like really myopic way of looking at it. Um, I don't know. I think it's weird, but maybe TikTok's being built by people younger than us and that's why we can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point though. Weird. They, uh, you know, the the a lot of the the audience that the thing is made for is made by people that age and then the people that age are like what the fuck's going on here like what is this because you gotta be what like 30 probably someone that's developing like gmail right around that age 25 to 30 but then there's people that are that whenever they were that age when that was coming out they're like our parents age and yeah they're they're like luddites they're like nah i'm done with email like yeah, and all this shit is also designed to be as easy as possible, but they still can't wrap their head around it because it doesn't open and close like a book. It's so wild. Like, <laughs> it, th- this shit on your screen is made to look like a switch, so turn it off, but they can't figure that out. They're like, oh, I needed to not make it turn green. Like, their brain just doesn't even get it. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'm going to eat my words, and in 15 years, I'll have no clue how to work. But I'm trying not to, like, fall into that camp, not go down that path. It's funny because, uh, you know, I feel bad for, they spend, not feel bad for these big companies, but you know, there's these guys where their whole life is based around figuring out why this button should look that way versus another way. And they spend, you know, like UX design and all that. They spend millions of dollars on maybe one functionality within an app and it can just go out and everyone's like, the hell's going on? No matter how much they They tested it, it they can't figure it out. Yeah. I know. 
everyone was mad about how they I agree with them too, but how they made all the Gmail like logos look the same. Like uh, they changed okay. like all the stuff like Gmail, Google Drive, everything looks the same now. It used to be more like different colors. And everyone was saying yeah. like that's bad. Like yeah, it might look cool. Like it's but it's like a, a form over function, you know? Like it it messed up the accessibility or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one of those ones where it might just be too hard to tell until you do it. I don't know. I mean, it's Google. Like, come on, you guys shouldn't really be messing up too much. But yeah, um, it, I get it though, because like from a from like uh, you're trying to make them look like a family, and that's actually an ease of use feature that mm-hmm. you're trying to create. But you end up undermining what made it work before. So yeah, yeah, I guess maybe it's a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation, yeah. but that's how tech companies operate. Yeah. They, they operate almost like if we don't change, everyone's going to forget about us. So let's update everything all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, one thing I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit to some of the stuff you're doing with works. I just wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, how was it working on the, uh, Air Max day stuff like that? Cause obviously you haven't shared a lot in like the past year, but that was one thing I was looking at where I was like, damn, this looked like it was like really cool and fun. That was cool. Um, and it, it kind of came in as what seemed like maybe a smaller thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but ended up just, uh, it was kind of, it, was, it wasn't an under promise over deliver situation. It was just like a promise and then just maybe deliver more than what the ask was. Mm-hmm. And the ask was, um, a main title for like uh, the the new the new Nike New York City um, Air Max Day like content for like this big this big production big yeah. video they were making, um, and then it ended up being like well there's multiple segments in this in this video I was like well okay I'm gonna make all the like do all the titles for all those segments too, and yeah. um, let's. Let, let's just give them even more ammunition for this. So it was like stickers and icons, um, different motifs, colors and all that stuff. So it was just kind of a, it could have easily been like a single image. And that was the final product of like yeah. what we did. Um, but it was an, we saw it as like an opportunity to like do more and do more cool stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, so really happy with how that one came out. Um, and it's, uh it's already leading to like more things it it's cool to get like a swoosh on your portfolio you know after however many years like as much as you try not to think about it's like you get an apple or a swoosh on your portfolio like that's sick um it's just like a nice it's just like a nice mm, i don't know what's the word it's like an achievement or something in like a video game you know like a little badge (laughs) yeah right yeah you finally unlocked the swoosh so that was cool um uh, yeah, ultimately really happy with how that one came out. Cause it, yeah, also, there was also like motion assets and like 3d mm-hmm. assets. Like none of that was part of the ask, like yeah. the initial ask. Um, cause they had some stuff and we're like, okay, look, maybe let's just like beef it up. Um, let's yeah. just do more cool shit. And the, the part of you is like, I can share more now, you know, I can, I can like, that's super cool. I don't just have to share mm-hmm. one image. Now I can share like the icons and the 3D and the motion. Like for and the that, whole this, project. I think it's totally fine. Yeah, to think yeah. about it that way. I, I don't think it's um, it's like reverse rationalizing in that sense of like you're thinking about it backwards. I just think like take advantage of the opportunity. Um, Definitely. 
that was a project where it's felt like we're super excited to like make more um mm-hmm. for, for for many reasons but uh i understand also like sometimes you just get work and you're like get in get wet get out get paid and be mm-hmm. done with it um but yeah i know that that's that's kind of the story of that one is it came as a small thing and we tried to flush it out as much as we could that's cool yeah so basically the final product initially would have kind of been like that title treatment with like the script and stuff and like the yellow and red but then yep. you just yeah because that's funny to hear that that was that but then because to me like i really liked all the little expanded stuff like with the type with like kind of the crt looking like stuff like i feel like um i i always would do that anyway if i worked on a personal project like how much like little things can i make it look like a like a bigger like project even if it's all just made up you know so it's cool to see like yeah you actually were able to do that and like expand on something like and kind of work it from different angles with someone as big as like nike you know yeah i think that's like a good uh thing to do like with your projects is like try to like david rudnick talks about like there's work one and there's work two and work one is what you deliver and work two is what you show for it Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have to be the same. They're, they're related, but they don't have to be the same. Um, so there, there's a line between a client asks you for a logo and you try to make it look like you did an entire brand identity. Like you don't want to cross that line into like inauthenticity and like, like popcorn fluff shit that you're trying to make it look bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. But it's all, I think it's a really good exercise to, um, round things out a little bit more. Um, whether it's a personal project or a client project. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it also, you know, it, uh, invites clients to show that something that's maybe could just be a logo can expand into like this bigger thing. And maybe it'll get you a bigger project. Cause you've shown like, I can do bigger projects, not just one-off posters or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. That too. Yeah. Um, one uh one last thing that I wanted to ask you before we'll get into the other like Q&A thing over on Patreon is that I heard you talking a little bit about uh when I cuz I I reached out to you for when we were in uh Elliot's stream and I was like everyone was kind of talking we were like oh shit like there's Roy and he was kind of asking about like streaming and stuff and have you put any more thought into that do you not think you're going to do it cuz I know you mentioned something about like I don't know, like maybe the process being shared is like it, it bothers you or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's a lot uh, there. Yeah. Um, I have not really put a lot of energy and like time into like making anything for Twitch. The idea intrigues me on mm-hmm. multiple levels. One of just like learn something and get better at something. Um, cause I don't really understand Twitch that much. Yeah. Um, the, the other side was, cool a personal project finally like something to like really get excited about um and then third was that generational thing again like find a way to connect and be a part of what is our generation of designers because i think twitch would twitch is a cool way to do that that's never been done before um and then that's one side of the the teeter-totter and then the other side for me is maybe it's terrible maybe it's an ego thing i don't like giving a huge look and glimpse into like how I do things um, because I, I feel like I've been burned before a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and I, I do like the idea of maybe being like 
uh, maybe a bit more of a mystery. Like I, I don't necessarily need people to feel like we're a community and I think community is great, but like, I just don't feel like that's where I am. We're like, yeah. you've got yours, Elliot's got his, there's discords and there's shit. And I'm like, I feel like I have a hard time connecting people with people in the comments on my posts. So I, I don't yeah. know where I, I fall on that. Um, I do like that air of mystique um, to it all and maybe some level of inaccessibility. Um, but I don't know if that gets you further. And it's not even about getting further. It's just more about like what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just want to like put my nose to the grindstone and just work and not really worry yeah. about um, the, the, the external stuff. Um, but one thing I would like to do if I was going to do Twitch um, would be design my Twitch identity on Twitch. Um, even if I don't use it, like even, I think people, that would be a cool thing for maybe younger designers or people that don't know anything about me to like get a sense of that, um, without having to come up with a project for it. Um, and I think that might be like an interesting insight for people. Um, I would have fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I do it, that's maybe would be the first, the first, um, point of attack. Yeah. And you can piece that out, you know, like today we're doing the overlays tonight. We're doing the little buttons at the bottom, you know, then now we're doing the, maybe the motion or whatever it may be. So I think it's like, it's kind of meta, you know, it's funny to be designing for it in there, but I think it's a good start mm-hmm. and it, it takes away one of the barriers of like, what am I even going to do on here once I'm live? Mm-hmm. That's where I feel with it. I don't know what to do once I get in there. I get like nervous talking to no one at least when i pre-record stuff it's i don't have to be there when people watch it oh i didn't even know you could pre-record okay no like uh i just met youtube and stuff that's why i do it that way yeah yeah but i think it's cool i think you make a good point about there's two different kind of schools of thought with like i like the community but i also agree with you in the designing like actually in the computer i'm not worried about like being like ripped off or anything I also but I do sometimes get like self-conscious like is my process too boring is this part like maybe not exciting for someone to watch or is this part like maybe like I don't know like is this too like not how someone thought it was done or whatever and I'm just like I don't know like I almost feel like I don't want to do a disservice to like my final product by someone thinking like watching the process not be as exciting or something like that yeah that's really interesting um I think in some ways that might be an advantage for me if I'm not really even worried about community building. I don't, frankly, I don't give two fucks if people don't like it. Like I'm trying to make something good and cool for me and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's almost like a bit of a superpower. Like if I was going to do that, I'm not trying to be like, Hey chat, what's up and do all the like community, like we're going to vibe together shit. I'm just like, I'm going to do my work. And if you want to tune in for it, yeah. um, that's great. Um, that I think that might be like the balance I have to strike, um, in order to not fall into worrying too much about all the shit we talked about with Instagram, the algorithms and yada, 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 just worry about the work, but also maybe, uh, do something nice for people, um, and be a little bit more accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, maybe you'll still play your COD mobile on there every once in a while. (laughs) <laughs> yeah hell yeah there's maybe there's no structure to it whatsoever um <laughs> you see my cob mobile 
we were just like me and Elliot were looking at it. We were like, I wonder if Roy's ever streamed, and then it's just like COD Mobile. We were just like, that's classic. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love COD Mobile. I'm sick. Hell yeah, My brother. Well, well man, uh, I'm I'm really appreciate you coming on to talk to me, and I'm excited to see whatever you do, whether it be on Instagram through your studio, if you start streaming, I think people will support it either way. And uh, check out Roy, uh, Roy Cranston on Instagram. And then check out the Patreon if you want to go a little deeper and we're going to do a little Q&A. But yeah, thanks, man. Beautiful. Thank you. This is really fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peace out, everybody.